Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Business of Inner Peace. Super excited you are here. You've probably heard me say it before, but I'm going to say it again. I am a relationship builder. I love to do everything by way of relationship. In fact, I'm a big fan of the strengths assessment from Gallup Strengths. If you've never done it, I highly recommend it. And I found out and discovered from that assessment that I'm a relationship builder. And one of the ways that I love to build relationship is through coaching others. That's also one of my top strengths. (laughs) And I have had some people come into my life recently and say, hey, you know, I'm not married, um, so it's really not something that I struggle with, but I actually really want to work with you. And a great way that I thought I could support women like that is by creating a monthly membership, really a monthly support group of women where we come alongside each other. We do life together. We develop and create a unique relationship with one another. We share what's going on in our daily lives and what our struggles are. And in that safe space, I can support you and create relationship with you and encourage you through live coaching and share some of these amazing subconscious healing tools with you that have helped me so much and they've helped my clients so much. Truly, genuinely, I kid you not, life-changing tools And you can get access to all of that with me each month. Plus, you'll get access to my entire healing library. And I even offer daily support via an app called Voxer, where if you have something come up and you need help as soon as possible, you can just send me a message on that app and I'll be there to support you. So if you want to learn more about that, it is called The Healing Circle you can head over to bit.ly slash healing circle. That's B-I-T dot L-Y backslash healing circle to learn more. And without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to the business of inner peace. I'm your host, Erin Jean, and I'm so glad you're here. Let's pretend we're sitting in my living room enjoying a cup of coffee or tea and getting to know each other just a little better. That's what I love. I love getting to hear your story. I love feeling connected by the spirit of understanding that our stories bring. Today, I'm sharing some of my story, but I hope someday soon you'll be telling me yours. Listen, I know that you're feeling overwhelmed with life and nothing is exactly how you'd like it to be. Your marriage is not what you hoped for, motherhood is harder than you imagined, and you've lost yourself somewhere in the mix of responsibilities. Well, if you're ready to bring some more peace and joy into your life, reconnect with God who made you, and start living a life you love, then grab your cup of coffee or tea, and let's dive into today's show. friends, welcome back to another episode of the Business of Inner Peace. Today, we are talking about 
bitterness. Oy, 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 bitterness. <laughs> when I think about um, all of my struggles in my marriage, this was at the foundation of everything. So let's start off by just sharing a thought from the Bible. Uh, this verse Ephes- in Ephesians 6.12 It says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. That's Ephesians 6.12. And it's saying that, you know, our battles are not with people, but with these spiritual entities And bitterness can be one of those tricky ways that the enemy gets to you without you realizing the enemy is even at work. You know what I mean? Because it truly genuinely feels like all of this is coming from you because of your experiences. But I promise you, there is a spiritual entity to all of this And I'm leaning on the Bible as the foundation of this thought. And um, I really want to share some of these ideas with you today. So if you ever find yourself in a conflict, it is crucial to remember that the person you are in conflict with is not your enemy. And you are definitely not their enemy. And it's important for us to recognize that the real issue lies in separating the person from their mistakes, from their sin. And it's the sin that's the adversary. It's not the individual. When someone wrongs us, it is so easy to label them as entirely evil, right? (laughs) But we need to learn to distinguish people from their errors. And as Christians, I think that this is one of the biggest struggles that we have. I'm sure you guys have all heard, like, just hate the sin, but not the sinner. But the truth is, I think we tend to hate the sinner and the sin. We just hate all of it, especially when you're looking at people are like making signs and marching around and telling people they're going to burn in hell. I mean, nothing makes you feel more loved or eager to repent, right? (laughs) Am I the only one that thinks that? That's just ridiculous. Um, But again, all kidding aside here, I want you to remember that God did not create you as a sinner. You're his cherished daughter. Yes, sin creates distance between us and God, but it's not an identity. I am not a sinner. That's not my identity. I am a daughter of the Most High God, and I struggle with sin. So now that we've got that cleared up, today I want to tackle bitterness. I want to circle it all back to bitterness. The Bible says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. And that's Ephesians 4, 31 through 32. I think logically, 
we understand that bitterness is a sin, but it's more complicated than saying, just don't be bitter. It's like this leading spiritual force and it's got seven reinforcing spirits underneath. Before I dive into these seven spirits that are connected to bitterness, I want to uh, first acknowledge where a lot of this insight came for me. I've been reading um, a book called A More Excellent Way, Be in Good Health, and I will link it in the show notes. Actually, I was introduced to this book from one of my past guests. I don't know if you remember Clark, the only male I've had on the uh, podcast so far. And I started reading this book and it's, it's all about the spiritual connection to our health issues. And um, I have found it so fascinating. I'm still in process of reading it, but a lot of these thoughts that I'm sharing with you today are actually coming from his book. And so I just want to be sure to acknowledge him. Um, so the first place where all of this starts, it starts with unforgiveness. Unforgiveness kicks in when that bitter root from Hebrews gains ground around the initial sign um, of keeping tallies of wrongs, right? That's kind of like the first way we know when we start like tallying up somebody's wrongs. So um, when I'm talking, referencing Hebrews, it's Hebrews 12, 14 through 15, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Isn't that interesting? It says it doesn't, it's not like it says and defile you. It actually says it will defile many. And I think that shows you how powerful bitterness is. So who else can find themselves just replaying moments when they felt wrong? Like if I bring up Aunt Debbie, you might easily list 15 reasons why you are not a fan of hers. And that's what unforgiveness looks like. It's actually a real downfall of the human mind. I've talked about it before. It's called preoccupation. It's when our mind ruminates on things of the past, replaying them over and over, imagining what we would do or say differently. We need to release the past and be present now because Aunt Debbie isn't in front of you right now. Remember when I gave you that example about the rabbit being chased by the wolf? Essentially, animals do not have preoccupation. And this is what I mean by that. You know, if the rabbit is sitting there just eating some grass, enjoying itself, it looks up, it sees a wolf, it immediately, the body of the rabbit sends all power and energy to the legs. It runs to survive and protect its life. And if it gets away and lives... If we come to the rabbit the very next day and say, can you believe that wolf yesterday? Can you believe how scary that was and how you barely survived and got away? The rabbit would be like, what wolf? What are you talking about? I don't see a wolf anywhere. 
because animals do not have preoccupation. They literally live in the moment. Especially if you own a dog, you know what I'm talking about. Like one second, the dog could get in trouble for something by you. And then a couple minutes later, it's wagging its tail, ready to just receive love. Dogs live in the moment. They don't really fester on the past. (laughs) Um, Cats, I don't know. Cats are hard to figure out. Can you tell I'm not a cat person? Um, Anyways, I back to the point here is that this is one of the frustrating things of the human mind. We often get stuck in preoccupation. We spend so much of our time thinking about the past and ruminating on that or worrying about the future, but we really struggle to stay present in the now. And I want to encourage you to just stay present in the now. God tells us several times in his word to release the past. Um, One of those verses is from Isaiah 43, 18. It says, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. And I think that that is so important for us as we want to live a life full of joy and inner peace, right? So once unforgiveness settles in, it starts keeping a record of wrongs, right? Like I was talking about all those little things you're tallying up. And that opens the door to another layer in the spiritual realm. Say hello to resentment. So resentment, it's like that list of wrongs fueled by the feelings that we hold on to and chew on. It's intriguing when Aunt Debbie crosses our minds, right? We're thinking about her up here in our brain, but the emotions hit us in the heart. You ever wonder why thoughts and feelings aren't in the same place? Well, it's because your mind houses your soul and your spirit resides in your heart because you are a spirit being with a soul living in a body. So resentment isn't psychological. It's not a psychological puzzle. Like often, I think uh, the world of therapy wants us to think that it is. These insights um, are actually, you know, that it's spiritual. It's a spiritual challenge. So bitterness, unforgiveness, and resentment, they're all a part of the spiritual realm, not the psychological one. I think it's really helpful to remember that when you're facing these struggles, that there is a spiritual aspect to all of this. So resentment, it hits us right in the heart, creating that divide from others. And with it, it's a slew of fears that can follow, right? Like the fear of other humans, the fear of rejection, the fear of failure, the fear of abandonment. Remember, the Bible tells us that fear is not from the Lord. So anytime you're feeling fear, you need to stop and really question its source. Um, One thing I like to do, just pause, put hands over your heart, take a nice big breath, and just ask, ask God, who does this belong to? And often just that question can allow the fear to leave because it's probably not yours 
and it's not from God. And it's just, you know, allowing it to spiritually just release from you because fear never serves us. And again, um, not healthy, not good. (laughs) So once resentment plants its roots, next comes retaliation. I actually came across a bumper sticker the other day that boldly declared, I do not forgive. I just get even. And maybe you've seen it too out there. So once resentment starts brewing, we start scheming ways to pay back the person that wronged us. Retaliation, it's all about making them pay. It's like you wanting to settle the score, right? And then next, anger creeps in. So with unforgiveness, resentment, and retaliation building up, there becomes a powerful surge of anger. Have you ever felt that intense anger towards someone in your life? Like, did it bring along a whole baggage of other emotions too? Once anger takes hold, the next stage that comes along is hatred. And hatred, it's like saying, because I've been dwelling on all that you did, and I've been nursing the resentment, it's payback time. And now let's intensify this by adding fuel to the fire. And at this point, you are basically dead to me. Have you ever heard someone say that? I'll never forget in the heat of my pain and struggle in my marriage when I was so ensnared in all of these spiritual elements. Unforgiveness, resentment, retaliation, and hatred. I was arguing with my husband and I just screamed straight in his face, I hate you. And afterwards, I I was so taken aback by the genuineness of it. I, I immediately started shaking and I realized it hit me like I was no better than him. Because honestly, the whole time I thought that I was. I Because when you're the victim, right, um, it leads you to that mentality that you are the one that's being wronged and therefore you are better. And all of this had been building up and brewing inside of me. I was so ensnared in all of it. Um, it hit me that day when that just, it came right out of me without thinking, just screaming that in his face. Um, and the thing was, I honestly, I had no idea how to get out of this entanglement. And I promise I'm going to share the way out soon. There is hope. There is light at the end of this tunnel. But I am talking about some heavy stuff right now. So all of this, it brings this verse to mind for me. It says, whoever claims to love God, yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. I mean, is that so powerful? That's from 1 John 4.20. And it's so true. Like, we are claiming 
to love God. And when we have hatred towards any human, it just makes that whole claim completely invalid. How how can you love God that you've never seen and hate this human that's right here in front of your eyes? Anyhow, um, so after hatred takes hold, we face the next stage, which is violence. And that's like saying, before I erase you from my life, you are going to feel my pain. You're going to hear my voice. You're going to know my hatred. You are going to experience it. That's what violence is. And then that desired violence can lead you to murder. And murder marks the final spiritual bitter fruit here. And this could mean, obviously, actual physical harm. Or, I think what's more common to all of us, it's murder with words. It's character assassination or verbal abuse. I don't have the scripture in front of me, but Jesus actually said on the Sermon of the Mount that if you've had any hatred towards your brother or sister, you've murdered them. It's the same as murder. And so I think it's important to really remember, even if we um, aren't speaking hateful words directly to the person, but like me, oh man, I was speaking such hateful words about my husband all the time to other people that were, you know, willing to listen to me. Um, And that's just the same. Like it's, it was violence and murder and yuckiness just brewing in my heart. So when I spot any of these in someone's life, I know that it's all rooted in the mind and then it's flowing and growing into the heart. And if we don't address it, it's bound to settle in the heart. So what's the key here? You know, what's the the big takeaway? When hatred, violence, and murder seep into someone's life, they believe that they're justified and everyone else will bear the cost. Have you ever been a victim of that? Feeling like defiled by someone? Or maybe you've unintentionally victimized someone else on these same grounds. I've observed that if any of these seven bitterness-related areas exist, all the preceding ones tag along. And if we don't address them, inevitably, the rest will follow. So if you spot hatred, unforgiveness, resentment, retaliation, and anger, those have already paved the way for the rest. And each stage of this is progressively more severe than the one before it. Obviously, violence is much weightier of an issue compared to resentment. And I want to just bring in one more verse here. Um, Ephesians 4, 31 through 32, God tells us, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, 
just as Christ God forgave you. So I am getting to the resolution, I promise. (laughs) But remember, at the start of all of this was unforgiveness. And that's where we have to start. God asks us to forgive. You extend forgiveness to someone else because God forgave you. And as his obedient child, you follow his directive to forgive. When you pardon your brother or sister's wrongdoing, God releases you, freeing you from the grip of bitterness. And that inner turmoil, that high octane ping, it gradually fades away. So when thoughts of Aunt Debbie and her uh, missteps against you arise, after the Holy Spirit's work in your life, you won't feel it in your gut anymore. That intense ping will be gone. And while you will always remember the wrongs, you don't need to carry them as your own sin. You're not responsible for someone else's sin. That's between them and God. And your role is to release them, align your heart with God, and keep moving forward. Your freedom isn't tied to their resolution. It hinges on your resolution. Saying it another way, when you forgive others, you're not letting them off the hook, but you're giving them to God, still wiggling on the hook. (laughs) It's you that's off the hook. So forgiving means you still disapprove of their actions, but you're loving them because you're instructed to love them. And forgiveness doesn't require approving of their wrongdoing. It basically, it frees you to be joyful and have peace. And the Bible says a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up bones. So that first step is going to God with all of this and asking for forgiveness and offering forgiveness to that person. And sometimes you might need to, you know, offer the forgiveness face-to-face, one-on-one. And sometimes that's not necessary. And I really think that God can give you discernment on that piece of it. Again, just reiterating, forgiving is this act of moving towards loving someone and not holding bitterness in their in your heart, but it doesn't mean forgetting. And um, it doesn't mean putting yourself back into situations that are not safe. Like if someone has abused you, you don't just go and spend time with that person again, um, because you've forgiven them, you know, you're still using um, intelligence and boundaries and all of that stuff. But If you're like me, you are really trying hard to do that first step. Um, I went to God repeatedly for years and prayed to forgive my husband and even other people in my life that had wronged me. There was more than just him that I was struggling with unforgiveness with. 
But I still found myself just ensnared in the pain and the trauma of that person's sin in my life. And this, all of this work, these subconscious healing tools, they really have been a key for me to freedom. Um, and, you know, God works in mysterious ways. And for some people, it really all just does happen and click through prayer and asking God to help you. And that's amazing. And for other people like me, I needed some action items to take. I needed some physical things to do to really help release me from the snare of all of this. So I would be honored to lead you through some powerful practices using subconscious tools that they truly allow you to physically and energetically unhook from all of this. That was genuinely my key to freedom and peace. It was still partnering with God, right? But having some action that I could actually take and do that was releasing me from all of this. Um, And again, it was like so much more than just like talk therapy, like talk therapy was keeping me ensnared. Um, It really wasn't helping me find the peace and freedom that I was looking for. And just understanding the subconscious mind. I know I sound like a I sound like a clanging gong. I'm just saying the same thing over and over again, but it is so true. Understanding the subconscious mind and understanding how to use these tools to rewire the subconscious mind was such a huge key for me to truly achieving like genuine forgiveness. I mean, the fact that I can talk about these things with my husband And there's no more of that like feeling in my heart. It's like, oh, I'm just recounting facts, right? Facts of the past, things that have happened. And even the other people that um, have done wrongs against me that I've been able to forgive, I don't feel ensnared in it anymore. I really genuinely like, I'm off the hook. I love that visual. Like they're still wiggling on the hook because they have to deal with, everything between them and God, right? So they're wiggling on the hook, but I'm off the hook. (laughs) I'm not there in pain anymore. So um, anyhow, I'm going to wrap this episode up. But as I mentioned earlier, I do have um, a monthly support group where we tackle all sorts of issues that you're facing in daily life. And you get live coaching and access to these tools that I'm talking about plus my entire healing library. So head on over to bit.ly slash healing circle to learn more about that. Again, that's B-I-T dot L-Y backslash healing circle. I look forward to seeing you there and I hope you have a blessed day. Talk to you again on the next episode. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you're feeling blessed by the content here, The number one way you can show me is by leaving me a written review of the show. 
I'd be forever grateful. Knowing that you're out there listening helps me know that I'm truly living out God's purpose in my life. The other thing you can do is take a screenshot of this episode, share it with a friend, or better yet, tag me on your Instagram stories. Remember, you are seen, known, and loved. May God richly bless you today. All my love, Erin Jean.